Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventure Calls. I'm your host, Jess Drucker. I interview inspirational expats living their best lives abroad. I believe you can't be what you can't see, and so my goal is to always show you the paths that others have followed so that you can follow your call to adventure and leap into an international lifestyle. And now, I'm bringing you the first of a series I'm calling International Impact. Interviews with expat builders, creators, and entrepreneurs whose products and services not only change the world, but whose key ingredient is the time spent abroad by the company's founder. People wonder if I'm so passionate about expat life because of the freedom and the experience, and yes, of course, the answer is yes to that. But my passion for getting as many people as possible to move abroad, it goes deeper than that. There's a magic that happens when you move abroad. In a way, your reality becomes suspended. Think about it. Sure, gravity still exists everywhere on Earth, but aspects of life that you hold to be the absolute truth, forms of government, laws, languages, currency, even what side of the road you drive on, these can all be turned on their head and you're forced to adapt to an entirely different set of rules that also work and that millions of people also live by. This causes, or really allows, your brain to accept new things to be true, to see around corners, and to be much more mentally flexible, all based on your time living abroad. Now, I'm not the only one to think this. It's been well documented. A 2009 study found that there's a clear link between living abroad and creativity. Not just traveling abroad, but actually working and immersing yourself abroad. This deepens your creativity, which can often be seen in the form of creative problem solving. Now, if we know that great businesses solve great big problems, then developing creative problem solving skills means that a business can solve problems for even more people and make an even deeper impact. When there's a problem and you are equipped with multiple frames of reference to solve it, the likelihood of finding a solution increases exponentially. Now, Adam Grant, who's a well-known psychologist, podcaster, and author, talks about this in his book called Originals. He says that multicultural experiences can actually predict that someone will be an original thinker because juxtaposing different worldviews lets you come up with new and different possibilities. Now, take, for example, the co-founder of Lyft ride-sharing app, Logan Green. Now, you might know Lyft, what you might not know is that the company's original name is Zimride. The Zim in Zimride refers to Zimbabwe, where Green had lived. There, he took note of the grassroots public transportation system. Now, we know that as ride-sharing, but there, ride-sharing was out of necessity. But the system really worked, and he always kept it in mind. And when the stars aligned with co-founders back home, Zimride was born, and the ingenuity that was bottled was due, in part, to Green's time abroad. This international ingenuity is really everywhere when you're looking for it, and I'm always looking for these stories. Today, I'm sharing the first of many international impact stories with my interview with Clément Monet, founder and CEO of Cinesance. Being lauded as the Netflix for French film, this is a platform for, sure, French expats to watch French films. But this is also an intercultural platform to bring French language films and culture to Francophiles, Francophones, and movie fans around the world. See, France is the second largest exporter of movies in the world, second only to the United States. But only 3% of Netflix's catalog features French films. 
Cremont set about to solve this problem, and he's opened up this intercultural streaming platform that launched in October of 2021, and he's already seen great success and fanfare. Clément, not surprisingly, is an expat who's lived on four continents in Europe, Asia, South America, and he's now based in Silicon Valley. He's a serial entrepreneur who got his start in the field of aviation, and he has experience creating new businesses from scratch, including Voom, the Uber for helicopters, which was incubated by Airbus, and Skydex, the Airbnb for helipads that's now known as Altaport. Now he's matching his entrepreneurial roots with his own expat experience to create cinescence and make French film accessible for people around the world. And now, my interview with Clermont Monet of Cinescence. You're listening to Adventure Calls. Clermont. Thank you so much for joining me today on Adventure Calls. I am very excited to have you. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you, Jessica. You are in the middle of a giant launch for a fantastic product. I am really excited to talk about. I also, uh, with limited time, want to dig in a little bit to your background. I'm, I'm very fascinated with how we got here. So, Clément, tell me first, where am I talking to you from today? Uh, I live in Oakland, California. Okay, so you live in the United States, but I hear from your accent, which I'm sure everyone tells you is lovely, uh, <laughs> that you're not American. Where are you from? Indeed, I'm French, and I live in the U.S. Uh, since 2015, and before that, I was in China and before in Singapore. So I've been an expat for a little more than 10 years now. Got it. Okay, so China and before that, Singapore. And what brought you to Singapore? Is Singapore the first place you lived abroad? Yeah, yeah. And what brought you there? Was it work? Yeah, exactly. For work, I was working in aviation there and uh, in technology in China. And then I moved to the U.S. to uh, start a company end of 2015. Right. So you worked in aviation. Is that what you studied? Is that what sort of you, you launched your career with? No pun intended. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually studied business, but I uh, my first internships were in aviation. So I... Uh, quickly worked in that field and was surrounded by engineers. Okay. And when you came to the U.S. in 2015, what brought you stateside the, for the first time? Yeah. So I joined uh, this uh, incubator that Airbus, the you know aircraft manufacturer, just uh-huh. had created in 2015, which was incubated project that could become a company. And I led one of these projects. We were two to create this project called Voom. And Voom was basically a Uber for helicopters. So it was an app that was allowing uh, passengers in big cities to book a helicopter ride in just a few clicks, just a few seconds for the price of a black car service. And we launched that in uh, San Paulo, where I uh, I like to say that I lived in in Brazil because I honestly, I spent like 200 days within the first year in Brazil. So I, wow. spent, I, I spent a lot of time there. And then we launched it in Mexico. So we scaled that service um, you know, in, in different countries. And, um, yeah, that was, that was really the truly first, uh, B2C experience that I had. And we created a product from scratch. We scaled it, created a brand, uh, and had thousands of thousands of users using our service. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a, an amazing experience. And did you ever launch in the States? Were you ever in New York? Uh, we didn't launch in uh, New York, but we launched um, uh, in 2019. So actually, yeah, just before the COVID, we launched on the on the West Coast, wow. and um, 
but we didn't really have time to scale the service there because Airbus decided to focus their investment on their core business, obviously, with the COVID crisis. Um, mm. So we didn't launch. Yeah. So then maybe in your downtime, I don't know, from COVID or what, but you, you went ahead and did something that th this is what grabbed my attention is I'm, I'm really obsessed with the impact that expats make when they move abroad because you take your knowledge from one world and in your case, Singapore, China and the States and back home in, in France. And you, you mesh this into uh, products that really bring benefit to multiple groups of people. I'm, I, I'm fascinated by the impact that expats make and what you've created and why we're talking today is exactly this perfect marriage of your background, very, very relevant, but then also the thing that you need the most as a <laughs> French expat. I mean, let's say probably bread and, you know, decent decent food or, or whatever also. <laughs> but French film, you missed it. You can't get it. And it's it's true that, you know, I, I lived abroad for, for a long time. Uh, listeners know that. Um, but as an American, I can put on friends anywhere I am in the world, exactly. no matter what. If I have a hangover, if I don't feel well, I just put on TV and my shows are on TV because of Americanization of television. You, where are you, where were you getting your, your French film before you decided to launch Cinesance? Nowhere. And that's, that's, that's why I was frustrated and that's how it started. And by the way, mm. it goes together, you know, good wine, good food and movies. I need a good glass of wine when I watch a movie. So, you know, I was missing one piece. And, uh, and as you said, um, that's really my experience of expats that, that is at the origin of Cinesance. Like, being an expat in Silicon Valley, that's how I learned a lot about product management, scaling a company, creating a brand, etc. Then as many expats, you know, you, you, um, uh, live with the customs of where you live, but you are missing your, uh, your home country. You want to reconnect with your heritage. And, um, you know, it's for me, it's wine, cheese, good food, but it's also movies. And so frustrated that I was not able to find movies online. Um, it happened so many times. There is a little bit on the big platforms, but not the best. Uh, and, you know, by far not the, the entire catalog of French movies. So, so that, that frustration that me, the knowledge I have of this movie, the knowledge I got by living here of developing a company, I put everything together to create Cinesense. And honestly, the trigger point was, a movie that I watched in a, in a plane uh, when I was in France and I came back. Uh, when I came back, I was with my American fiancé here and I told her she was not with me in the plane. And I told her, you have to watch this movie. This is amazing. Uh, a recent movie with one of my favorite actors, Vincent Cassel. And we couldn't find it anywhere. Like we spent half an hour looking on YouTube, Netflix, Amazon, nowhere. And, and I was like, you know, that's it. Like we have to do something because you have to be able to watch this movie. And there are millions of people like you that, that, that should have the, at least the opportunity to discover this type of movies. Yeah. But then you went ahead and did all the hard work to actually make that happen. A lot of people would be like, there should be this, there should be that, but you make it happen. Um, and how difficult is it? Because I understand that probably building the platform itself was maybe straightforward, but how do you go about knowing how to negotiate rights and working with these film studios in France and getting those rights? I mean, was, what, what was the hardest part of pulling that all off? Yeah, you're probably you, still pulling it off, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we did we did already the the hard work. Like we negotiated already uh, hundreds of movies that are live on Cinesense right now, and we have much more coming. We have hundreds more that are coming, and we already sat down with the big studios 
in France that have like the, the, the big catalog of French movies. So we're going to bring those movies to the platform. Um, you're right that the platform is actually now it's straightforward because the user experience has been standardized. You have a lot of technology almost off the shelf that allow you to build something quickly. That's what we did. The longest part was negotiating the movie rights. And, you know, obviously you don't negotiate uh, movie rights like you negotiate flight hours of, of helicopters. But um, I, I had credibility on building a business, on building a startup. I quickly raised uh, enough money to be credible when negotiating with those guys. And I had also one of my advisor, one of my co-advisor is super experienced. He's Mr. Cinema. Um, he has been working in cinema for more than 25 years. He is the former um, general manager of the Fondation Jérôme Sédou Paté, which is a big family of French cinema. So he knows everyone in the in the movie industry. And we quickly sat down with the big studios and again, negotiating the, the movie rights for uh, North America. And they were also so excited about the project because those movies are basically not, not really, um, um, they, they are not really sold in in this in this part of the world so they sell it in theaters and they have good success in theater but not yet on on, on platforms so for them it was an, an additional revenue source and um yeah because we build credibility quickly we we negotiated those deals and now it's available to consumers i actually you know didn't have the intent to do something in france because you always try when you build a, a product to create a solution for an existing problem and my friends in france they have less the problem. They can find French movies online. They have a lot of platforms there. They have the uh, linear TV. But actually, a lot of them started to, and a lot of users signed up on our platform and starting to, to write to us saying, hey, we also need you in France because actually we don't have one place where we can watch the old classic and uh, the, the big comedy and the new releases. So there is a little bit of an appeal, but honestly, that's not our focus right now. We focus first and foremost on um, international markets and first North America, because there is, there is no true alternative here. So that that's our main focus. Maybe one day we'll go to Europe, to France and to Europe, but for now we want to focus to the millions, dozens of millions of people who don't have an easy online access to French content. Yeah, so I didn't want to put you on the spot, but you just kind of did it. Um, what is the French diaspora in terms of how many French-speaking or francophones are there outside of France? Do you know those yeah, numbers? Yeah, sure. So French, just just French diaspora in the world, this is 3 million people. So this is mm-hmm. this is significant for a small company, but this is small for, you know, it's not, it's not a big business. But be, beyond yeah. that, you have 300 million francophones. So that, like, we stopped talking, right? And this number is growing. Um, and then you look at the francophiles. This is people who are maybe like you, foreigners, but interested in, in, in French culture. And what's interesting, if you look at North America, is that every year, on average, the past 10 years, there were around 14 million tickets of French movies that were sold per year in, in theater. Really? So, and, and we are only 500,000 French in North America. So you see, this is beyond... The, the, the sole French diaspora. There, are, there is an appeal by, by people. You, you mentioned that you watch Call My Agent and uh, you liked it. Yes. So you see, there is, there is this, this market. And so overall in the world, we are really targeting the 300 million francophone, the 120 million francophile, and the 3 million you know, um, French uh, living abroad. 
I obviously went on and, and, and looked and had a peek and everything. And everything appears to be in English and easy for me to use. But no one should be scared. It's not that like they're going to open it up and it's all going to be in French. It's going to be in, in your native language, presumably for now English, yeah. right? In terms of like the user interface. Yeah, the user interface is uh, in English and in French. Uh, and then you can toggle between two languages. Uh, it's uh, always with subtitles, also English. And also we, are, uh, we have French subtitles. And this is very important for people who are learning the language um, because a lot of them want to have English subtitles at first and they listen to the movie in French, but then maybe move to French subtitles and eventually even remove the subtitles. So that's yeah. a big step. That's a big step. Removing the subtitles is a <laughs> big, the, uh, a big risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that, that is, that is so interesting. And really, I mean, the, the way that I learned Spanish, I learned very traditionally books and then, you know, you grow through the years at school and all that, but German, I learned on the street and I would hear a lot and not really know what was going on. And then I would see it on TV and hear it. And that's actually how I would like cement my knowledge was going back and forth between the spontaneous language I heard on the street and the more controlled environment of German TV. And so, yes, I think that more and more people will be able to learn French just from this, this platform. You know, I learned English by watching Friends when I was back home and uh, in English with English subtitles. So um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And French is the second... Yeah. Uh, most learned foreign language in the U.S. after Spanish. So, the, yeah. Is it? So there is a really, like, an additional tool now in the, um, in, in the kits that, uh, students, uh, can have to learn French. And that's, uh, Cinesans. Maybe we'll all get a little bit more culture too because of you. Huh? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Making a real impact on American culture, perhaps. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we wrap up, um, I wanted to ask you, so you mentioned that you have a, an American fiance, so you are uh, living in a, a bicultural environment in your home, as well as obviously living in the States. What, uh, what has been like the most difficult thing to adapt to? I know you've been here for a little while now, but what, uh, what's the most difficult thing to adapt to as an expat here? Sliced cheese and, <laughs> and not finding uh, non-pasteurized cheese. Yeah, that's true. Where do you find that? Whole Foods or something like that? Or like a small little cheese shop? Yeah, but you know, you, even in little cheese shop, you, you, everything is pasteurized. And uh, in France, we, uh, we, we like non-pasteurized cheese. It's more tasty, but um, it's, you know, it has more bacteria and stuff. So um, it, it's not allowed in the US. And uh, actually, my, my fiance, when she went to France for the first time, she got sick. Um, which Because, because really? you're not used to those type of bacteria, whereas we have it since we're like babies and uh yeah i think honestly as an expat that's really the thing that i'm missing the most yeah no american cheese i mean what is it why do <laughs> why do we even call it that it's horrible i know uh well thank you i, I really appreciate you taking the time today and um where can people find cinesans and how can people find you as well so cinesans on web uh so cinesans.com again it's it's a pun between cinema and uh, renaissance um, because we want to be the renaissance of French cinema. And uh, you can also find us on the Apple Store and Google Store, Cinesense, and just download the app and enjoy French movies. I will. We will do that immediately. I'll put that all in the show notes. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today on Adventure Calls. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Adventure Calls. If you liked what you heard, please hit follow or subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this so you can get each new episode as they're released. 
If you want to support the show, honestly, the best thing you can do is head over to Apple Podcasts. That's where the majority of my listeners are. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a rating and a review. The more five-star ratings a podcast has, the more Apple's algorithm recommends it to future listeners. So thank you so much if you've already gone over and done that. And if you're thinking of a way that you want to support the show, that's the absolute best way I can think of. Now, if you're ready to take the leap, if you're inspired and you want to follow your call to adventure, head over to jessicadrucker.com forward slash checklist and get your free how to move abroad checklist. This is a free eight page step-by-step resource that I use with my clients. It helps you plot your escape and make the most of your move abroad. That's jessicadrucker.com forward slash checklist, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-D-R-U-C-K-E-R.com forward slash checklist. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Adventure Calls. See you next time.